1: And now, broadcasting from the 960 The Patriot Studios in beautiful Arizona, your car insiders. They work for you, not the dealer. Now you have personal friends for the car buying experience.
3: Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? On the road again.
1: Here are your hosts, Dana Southern and Gary Green.
3: Good morning and welcome to Your Car Insiders on 96 of The Patriot, KKNT Intelligent Talk. My name is Gary Green. I'm here with my partner Dana Southern and we are Your Car Insiders. We work for you, not the dealer. We negotiate the entire transaction from start to finish. You know, it's kind of funny. Each week what we try to do is share helpful hints in the car buying process. And driving to the show today, I just happened to notice something while I was in the car. And I had helped somebody buy a vehicle at a dealership that didn't normally do business with. And... There's instances, and we'll say it a million times, there's not a place Dana and I will not go to. And there's got to be a reason why we're going there.
4: And and I would say there, that there might be a couple of exceptions for me to that rule, not because I wouldn't be able to negotiate on behalf of the client as well as any human could. I just don't want to go visit with people that I know are dishonest.
3: And what, what happened with this was it was a, a leftover 2014 – It was the only one left in that color. It was the only one left with leather interior. And the gentleman that I deal with at a different dealership basically said, Gary, go there and buy the car. We don't want to trade for the car because what's going to happen is the car is going to show up. It's going to have body damage on it, and it's going to have only one key. So the deal is not going to make any sense for me to do it. Well, lo and behold, I make the deal, and guess what? The truck only has one key. So – was my friend right? Hindsight twenty twenty. Yes, but what was funny was I finally made a point to meet the client back at the dealership with the truck with the one key that worked because the new key had to be programmed to the vehicle.
4: And you have to have the original key to do that.
3: So, with an hour and fifteen minutes later, I walked back to the service department and I said to the young lady that was there, I said, "You know, we might is there is there a reason it's taking an hour and fifteen minutes to cut a key?" And, and I'm not I'm not impatient, but you might want to pick up the pace a little bit because the guy is actually sitting in your general manager's office chitty-chatting, and I think your general manager wants the guy out of the office. Well, five minutes later, the car was done.
4: What a surprise.
3: But while we were walking around, I happened to notice that there was a 2014 Mustang GT CS, which is a GT with the California Special Package convertible. Very expensive Mustang in 2014, but it's a, it's a brand new car. Now, look at the front of the car. And the front bumper on the whole right corner is completely scuffed. I mean, and not buffable painting. Needs to go to a body shop. Why is it on the front line like that is what's going through my head? And how long has it been sitting there?
4: Was it a used car? Brand new car. Well, it makes zero sense. Now, their oldest vehicle in stock on their lot, and they don't have it wait, ready wait. for sale.
3: Listen to what you just said. Remember what you just said, because you're going to laugh. That's have something laugh. older. Yeah, no. So then... I look over and there's a two thousand fifteen car. And it's got the wrong wheels on it. It's got factory eighteen inch wheels and the MSRP says it's upgrade it has up as one of the options, twenty inch powder coated black wheels or whatever it's it. Said.
4: They so- swapped the wheels from a new vehicle that had a larger wheel and tire to a less expensive model. That's what they must have done. Well,
3: what they did was they had the more expensive model with the less expensive wheels on it now. So it was a downgrade. So I, you know, we're just chitty chatting about it. And and what's funny is a week later, I drive by and I happen to be with my wife, and we wanted to look at something. So we just drove into the dealership, ran in real quick because I wanted to show her hydraulic electric running boards on a Lincoln. So the next thing I know, I just drive out and I see there's the car with the wrong wheels. There's the car with still scuff bumper. Today, driving to the radio show. I drive past their storage lot, and the front row of the storage lot, I notice a couple of pickup trucks. Maybe it's two, maybe it's three, maybe it's four. High dollar, well-optioned 2014 pickup trucks. 14? On their storage lot.
4: That's and, insane. If you were a car <laughs> dealer and you had old inventory, you would either want to have it in your showroom Or right outside the front door. Wait,
3: wait, wait. It's funny you said that because I stopped on the way here to say hello to John O'Malley. And we were talking about it. And I said to him, and he said, and it was just, it was like Dana was sitting in the room. Because Dana, John said to me, Gary, he goes, if they had those, if I had that inventory still, they'd be parked right outside my front door as a reminder to me every morning that I have them. They need to go away. Now, I don't know about you. But if I was a salesman and the customer was leaving and they weren't buying something and it was a 2015 truck and I just couldn't get there because I'm three, four grand away and you're not going to make up three, four grand by putting it in a trade or losing three, four grand in 2015. But what would hurt to say, folks, before you leave, can I share five more minutes of your time? I got one last ditch effort to help you get a new vehicle. Now – If you have people that are at a dealership because they need a new vehicle and they need a truck and they can't afford a 2015, you might be able to switch them to buy a 2014. Now, if a guy walks into the dealership and he's got a 2012 and wants the 2015, you're going to have a really hard time getting him to trade from a 12 to a 14 because he wants the new truck. But to have those vehicles... I'm just par-
4: shocked that yeah. they could still now, have 14s. maybe there was
3: something wrong with the trucks, that they were sitting there, but I, I just didn't get it. You know.
4: Well, there's obviously, at least in my opinion, that is poor inventory management. What
3: step is that?
4: Um, sell from stock. Yeah. Step four.
3: And that's what we were going to talk uh, about today.
4: Well, and what we'd like to kind of share, and for most of you out there, if you have gone out to buy cars... And, and it really is a little bit different process when you go into most Highline stores. Not all Highline stores, but most Highline stores are, are certainly, I think, typically more professional overall. But go I ahead. want
3: to interject with that because I agree with what Dana said, but I will share one, my thought on that. It used to be in the day these dealer groups didn't have high end stores, they would have Ford, they'd have a Chevy store, they'd have a Dodge store, they'd have a Toyota store. Then all of a sudden, that owner was able to buy a Lexus store, or they got a Mercedes store, and they worked their deals. So what I find, in the high-end stores, the high-line stores, if you have a dealer group that primarily sells, and the perfect example is Penske, primarily sells... High, land, high line cars, high end vehicles. It's a little bit the the clients are treated a little bit differently than if you walked into a store that was primarily your imports and domestics, and all of a sudden they got one high 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 line store.
4: And and that makes real sense when you hear it out loud. The practices that they use in their low line stores carry over to their high line store and, because that's what they know. But to move forward, the when you go to a dealership, the salespeople that work at those dealerships have a, a pretty clear set of instructions on what they're supposed to do and try to accomplish while you're there, which of course is hopefully selling you a car for them but the first step in the process that has to take place regardless of where the dealership is is you have to actually meet the person so the first step in the sales process for dealerships is meet and greet and when that first impression comes that's you know your first impression of them their first impression of you and statistically and this is from years ago it it was a a known fact or a known percentage that within a minute a customer that comes into a dealership and meets a sales representative within 60 seconds, they already can tell whether it's someone they would buy a car from or not. Mm -hmm. Salespeople are twice as good because within 30 seconds they can, they think they can determine whether the person's a buyer or not. So that first impression is obviously quite important and you know I was in a dealership visiting just yesterday or a couple of days ago and the first impression was at 10 o'clock in the morning hi welcome to the you know the dealership good afternoon and I'm sure he just wasn't thinking and I didn't say anything about it but 10 o'clock in the morning is not afternoon but how they look how they smell how if, if they if there's ten people standing outside the front of a, a, a building waiting for you know, to come get you, or you know that first impression, that meet and greet step one, is a, a critical step for the dealer.
3: You know it's it's funny that we talk about observations and you know it's really really true the first impression. So the other day I was sitting in a dealership. Chatting with the young man, the client was sitting there, and I was watching a young man. And what I don't like about today's world in some of the dealerships is too much stuff's done out in the open. There should be a little bit of privacy for you when you're buying a vehicle, not sitting at a table in the middle of the showroom and having somebody say, Now, what was your social security number? What's your address? What's your driver's license number? So we were just sitting there, and we weren't, we had already bought the vehicle. Sitting behind me is a young man, and he's got a list in front of him. And he's, as we say in the car business, jokingly, he's smiling and dialing. But he's chewing gum so loud that I can tell that whoever listening to him on the other end of the phone has to hear him chewing the gum. Now, I used to smoke cigarettes 20 years ago. And whenever I smoked a cigarette, I would always chew a piece of gum before I got In front of a customer. And I got in huge, huge trouble from Jay Beskin, who at the time was general manager of Scottsdale Lexus, because a customer took it as to be very offensive that I would dare chew gum on a test drive in a Lexus automobile. Now, what was funny was when I noticed the salesperson, I wanted to say something to him, but I figured it's not my place. He doesn't know me. I don't do much business. So I figured I'm going to say something to the GM. Here comes the GM marching out of his office, walking across the showroom floor, and guess what he's doing, Dana? Chewing gum. Chewing gum. Now, obviously, in that state of affairs, the apple doesn't fall far from the cart.
4: And and that's absolutely true for for really all dealerships. The, the person that runs the store sets the tone for the store. Yeah. And I can assure you that when I did run a dealership for many, many years— I, I knew every single employee. I had an open-door policy. We, we communicated with each other, and we were a team.
3: What I laugh about is we have. I go into a dealership, and there's times I see a lot of tenants that are dressed neater and cleaner than some of the salespeople I've seen.
5: Please allow us to show you why we are the top Honda dealer in the West Valley regions. Located at I-10 and Loop 101 in the Avondale
6: Auto Mall. Earnhardt Hyundai Avondale offers a great selection of new Hyundais and pre-owned vehicles. We pledge to offer exceptional customer service and ownership satisfaction. Located at 10401 W. Papago Freeway, Avondale, Arizona. 85323 in Avondale Auto Mall. Miller Nissan and Mesa offers new Nissans along with pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs by top manufacturers. General Manager Bill Brixey will help you find that new or used car you have been searching for in the Phoenix metro area. You can reach him directly at 1-888-993-1126. His finance staff offers expert advice for those seeking a great deal on a new car loan or lease. This service does not stop there as Phoenix area customers frequently come in and take advantage of their professional Nissan service department and fully stocked inventory of Nissan auto parts. They are located at 2025 West Auto Center Drive in Mesa, Arizona. As one of the newest members of the Earnhardt Auto Centers, Earnhardt Cadillac is proud to be your choice for all of your Cadillac needs. Located at 7901 East Frank Lloyd Wright Boulevard in Scottsdale, they have one of the finest inventories of luxury pre owned vehicles in the state. <laughs>
1: Well, I
2: finally improved my credit score. What? The band is about to be discovered. Rock gods don't need to worry about credit scores. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, make ridiculous on-tour requests, tragically break up and blame creative differences. Yeah, I'm not banking my retirement on a band that's
5: never left your garage. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council.
4: Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 960 The Patriot. Once again, my name is Dana Southern. I'm here with my partner, Gary Green. By the way, you can also reach Gary at 602 525 1370. You can reach me at 602 679 8324. And you can, of course, reach us at our website at yourcarinsiders.com. This show is available on podcasts 24 7 365. One other thing I'd like to do is once again thank Lundy's, Peoria Volkswagen. <coughs> their motto, their slogan is the dealer for the people. and they Couldn't a, be any true. They do a wonderful job of, of being very honest people, and they do a very good job in making people very happy. They're located at 8801 West Bell Road in Peoria, Arizona, just a few blocks west of the 101 in West Bell Road, and their phone number is 623 875 Four
3: thousand. You know, the last segment we were talking about some things, and it kind of sounded like you know we were kind of all over the place. But the the point that I was trying to make is, first of all, Dana and I were car guys. Okay, we're what is it? OCD, AC, whatever it is. Very OCD. Okay, and and the point that I was trying to make was that if you're at a dealership, and that's the little things that are slipping by in the everyday running of a store, inventory not being in the proper places, damage on vehicles, wrong wheels on cars, people chewing gum. It's just a segment about if that's how they're doing business on an everyday basis, it's not about how you got treated when you bought the car, in my opinion. It's what happens three weeks later after something happens to the car and you need someone's help.
4: Or if something happens.
3: You know, and and that's the big thing why we go to places that we go because there's nothing worse. And the the, the, the the phrase in the car business is when you go to a dealership and you buy a car from the salesperson that's only worked there for 47 days, the odds of you becoming what's called as an orphan owner, okay? and you get a phone call three weeks later saying, hey, just wanted to follow up. Do you know anybody that wants to buy a car? And we, so-and-so doesn't work here anymore, and I'm going to be your contact, Okay. The biggest part of a car deal is the relationship and the ability to deal with people. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's, there's good and bad in every business. We've had these conversations, but I know sometimes Dana and I, we can get off on these tangents because, you know, that, that squirrel commercial, is it Geico? That to, Without a doubt, that is the epitome of me because I could be talking about something and three seconds later I'll be like, what was I talking about? But one thing I will tell you, if I sat down with Dana and I said to Dana, this was their payment at this interest rate, he'd be within 300 bucks of what the out-the-door was. And I did it last night with a guy on the phone, and the guy looked at me and said, how do you do that? And I said, because it's math. It's simple.
4: And it's math that, of course, related to the auto industry and – Obviously, that's what we understand. We don't understand other industries. If you needed help with anything else, don't call us. The other thing, and it should be really clear, ADD has been a part of my life since day one. They used to call it hyperactive, and I used to get smacked. We didn't have Ritalin back then. <laughs> but for, so when I do go off tangent a little bit, please forgive me. I'm not trying to, to go off target. But what we're talking about is the the, the dealership's have a set plan as to what things they're going to do. And has
3: that changed in the last 25 years?
4: Uh, Certainly not. Somehow times how they approach it has changed, but what they're trying to accomplish, the first step is meet and greet. The second step is fact-finding. And in most cases, that really means qualifying what you can afford, what you owe on your car, that those questions typically come very, very early and well before they could have possibly earned the right to ask them.
3: Now, one thing I want, I want to share, what we're talking about in the car business is the 12 steps.
4: And, and some places may use eight or 10, and, but all of these things will get done during the course of the transaction.
3: Now, when you're helping somebody buy a car, I would say it's probably, it, with us, it's probably four steps. It's saying hello to the general manager of the dealership if he's there. It's picking out the car that you want to buy. It's having the trade appraised. And then it's sitting down with whoever that's going to let me use a computer screen and put all the numbers in and we're done. We don't do the 12 steps. and that's, But the important thing, what we're trying to share and what we're trying to show you is what happens at a dealership when you're by yourself
4: and and so in that fact finding process you know they're trying to find out as many things about you to help guide them as to how to approach you and ultimately asking those personal questions like how much you owe on your trade if you have one you know where you live what your phone number is what your address is i, I you know they they don't ask for social security at hello so it's not quite that bad But most of the things that they're asking early on in the visit are things that you wouldn't give out to anybody and they wouldn't give out to you at at hello. And so it's, but again, it's just part of the process. If you're trading in a vehicle, they're always going to have someone look at your car. They may do it in step three where that's kind of like the, one of the selling systems and step three is trade evaluation They're looking for everything that they can see, whether it be, you know, things in the car, how full your tank is, when your plates expire, when your tires might need to be replaced. Anything that they can find, see that will either take away from the value or make you aware of expenses that you're going to have in the near future, reasons to not put the money into it versus put it into another car. So... A trade evaluation, if you have a car, is going to occur. And for them, it's really meant to be a trade devaluation. When Gary and I help a client, we know, once we see the car, what it should be worth. Very close, within a few hundred bucks. Sometimes they surprise us, rarely, and even put a little bit more than we think they will. But for the most part, what doesn't ever happen is they don't ever pay less for it than it's worth. We don't allow that to happen. If you're not fully aware of the market and you're just going by Blue Book or something you read, unfortunately, you're ill-prepared to negotiate on the value of your car because those things don't mean anything. What matters is what they'll pay for it. And if it's Gary and I, they're gonna pay every dollar we can possibly get them to pay. Your job's kind of the same, we just know what they're worth, and arguably most people couldn't.
3: The biggest thing that people that I find with people is a lot of people base the value on their cars to what they owe on it. And those two things are irrelevant. I can't tell you how many times I've said to somebody in a car dealership when I was a sales manager, Where did you come up with the value of your car? And they would come back and they would say, Well, it's what I owe, and I'm not going to trade for any less than I owe. Now, I can't tell you how many deals I made with those people giving them what they owed on their car and them just not understanding that I'm giving them an over-allowance and I'm raising the price of the car. There's there's four separate transactions in a car deal. Now, the, the one thing I've noticed that's changed huge in the car deal business is that trade evaluation because when I was a salesman in a car dealership, I did the trade evaluation outside on the lot with the customer and went around the car and pointed out all those things – It's amazing how many salesmen today will sit there and say, well, let me go out to your car. Can I have your keys?
4: By the way, once again, you can reach Gary at 602-525-1370. You can reach me at 602-679-8324.
2: Jim and J.J. Testa, commercial fleet managers at Camelback Toyota, are truly good guys in the automotive business. They've been in the car business since 1987 and the entire time in the Phoenix metro area. They are kind of like their own dealership. Very easy to work with and have the largest selection of Toyotas in the Southwest. Not to mention a great selection in pre-owned and certified vehicles. A special thanks goes to John O'Malley, managing partner, for giving Gary Green his first start in the automotive business in 1988. You can reach Jim at his desk at 602-200-5520 and JJ at 602-532-4472. Earnhardt Kia, the fastest growing Kia dealership and the number one volume dealership in the Valley of the Sun. Located on Bell Road, just minutes from Scottsdale and Glendale. Our locations allow us to serve all the greater Metro Phoenix areas as well as nearby Tempe and Peoria. You can visit us at 2121 East Bell Road in Phoenix or call General Manager Scott Clark at 602-345-5405.
7: The market goes up and the market goes down. It always has and it always will. But if you are in or near retirement, do you really have the time to wait for the market to go through these cycles? Think about it. Having your money invested in the market is like walking up a flight of stairs. But instead of moving up one step at a time, every third step, you have to go back down two steps or more. Remember the story about the guy who was sentenced to an eternity of rolling the rock up the hill only to have it roll back down every time he got close to the top? Sound familiar? Using our advanced planning, saving for retirement is like riding up an escalator. Nice, steady growth without any risk of ever falling down. Guaranteed. So stop trudging up the steps and hop on the worry-free, zero-risk escalator to retirement. Pick up the phone and call us now to receive your free safe money information kit. Call 1-877-51-RADIO. That's 877-517-2346.
2: Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right.
3: Check out the Seth Leibson Show podcast page at 960ThePatriot.com where you can replay every minute of every show. The Seth Leibson Show, where it's principles, not politics. Weekdays from 9 to 11 p.m. on Intelligent Talk 960 The Patriot.
1: Looking to see what's up next on The Hugh Hewitt Show? Like 960 The Patriot on Facebook for daily show updates. 960 The Patriot, where truth matters.
3: Welcome back to your car insiders on 9.6 of the Patriot, KKNT Intelligent Talk. My name is Gary Green. I'm here with my partner, Dana Southern, and we are your car insiders. I'm going to go back in time a little bit, Dana, and I'm going to remind you some things that actually you taught me and the gentleman that you work with showed show And one of the most prevalent statements that rings in my head is this it's 95% selling, 5% closing. Because if you do a great job, out on the lot with the customer, showing them the product, showing them the things that are with their trade, it's a lot easier to sit down and negotiate a car deal.
4: Well, it's absolutely true. And usually when salespeople know their product very well, they have a much better chance, of course, of of getting you to come inside and possibly buy a car. The, The downside is now you go to a dealership You meet someone that's knowledgeable and pleasant. They do a great job showing you the vehicle, and now you might be in a situation where you like both the salesperson and you like the car. The salesperson likes you, but as we often share, the salesperson has no control over what you're going to pay for it or what you're going to get for your car or what's going to happen in the finance department and so people often just because people i, I think at least half of uh, of the people in america are just nice people and and they want to help somebody then the guy's nice and or the lady's nice and you think well i'm going to help this person by buying a car from them that's that it's sweet but it can cost you thousands of dollars to do that
3: and that's the thing that i despise the most when somebody tells me they bought a car and they didn't like the person they bought the car from or they didn't like the way they got treated at the dealership now dana mentioned earlier First impression. Now, I'm a big believer in this. Okay, When I was a salesman in a dealership, I kept a piece of paper in my pocket, and I always had a pen. And I didn't wear sunglasses out on the lot. Okay, Sunglasses annoy me. When a salesperson's wearing sunglasses on the lot, it bugged me. And there were dealerships I worked in that they wouldn't let you wear sunglasses.
4: I was one of those dealerships. You've got to be able to see your eyes.
3: Now, the other thing is, the reason I carried a piece of paper is that I would hate to say to somebody, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. So as soon as I did the introduction, I would take that little piece of paper out of my back pocket and I'd write their names on. And the first couple of times I would speak to them, it would be Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. And then I would say after about five minutes, is it okay if I call you by your first name? Never once did somebody ever say to me, no, you can't call me by my first name unless they were a doctor.
4: Same, ditto. <laughs> yeah,
3: unless they're they like they prefer to be called doctor. Now, i I get a kick out of sometimes getting upped when I pull up to a car dealership, and most of the time, just like Dana, when we pull up, we're there to see somebody, and nine times out of ten, if the GM's there, do you say hello to them? Absolutely. So. When I pull up and I get out of the car and here comes a salesman. He's putting his cigarette out in his ashtray. He's got his big gulp in his hand. He's got his clipboard in his hand and he's got his sunglasses on. He walks up to me and says, how you doing? You here to see somebody? I always get a kick out of this thing. You know, it's a new guy in the dealership. I can't quite remember his name, but I think his name was John O'Malley or Joey Staples or Pat Hickey or Chad It's I'm asking for the GM of the dealership. And what I'm trying to drive through to people is, you need to treat every up, every single person that you deal with like they're showing up to see the general manager of the dealership because if you treated people like that, you'd never have a problem with it. Now, the pants around, their butt hanging down, I mean, they're a, I walk into dealerships. Now, Dana, when I started in the car business in 1988, you were a sales manager. Okay. I don't ever remember in the first six months that I worked at ABC Nissan wearing anything but a white shirt with a tie.
4: Well, I I know I wore a tie every day. Not necessarily a white shirt there every day. But
3: oh, a shirt and a tie. Absolutely. Okay. Today you go in and it's nothing like that. And so some of the professionalism I feel may have gone out And I'm not saying that they're not all professionals. There's a lot of professional car people that make a lot of money in the car business.
4: And they're very good at what they do. The step four is trade evaluation. Excuse me, sell from stock. And that's a really big one. Gary talked about it a little bit earlier, a dealership that has leftover cars that they're not showing. But the dealership's salespeople are are expected to sell vehicles that they have, not vehicles that they don't have. So if you're looking for a particular car, a particular color, particular features, and they don't have it, they're going to try to do everything in their power to switch you to something that they have, which may or may not suit you. We'll talk a little bit more about this when we come back from the break. But once again, Gary's number, 602-525-1370. My number, 602-679-8324. You can like us on Facebook, Your Car Insider's Facebook page. And again, we're available 24-7 on podcast anytime you want to listen to the show.
1: Twitter can get confusing and congested with lots of stuff you don't need or want. So let 960 The Patriots tweets that matter vet out all the chirping. We follow the important names and only retweet the information that you want to know about. Get commentary on and retweets from the likes of Mark Levin, Fox News, and Breitbart, and all of your local politicians and national pundits. We do the legwork, and all you have to do is follow us on Twitter today. Twitter.com slash 960thepatriot.
5: Earnhardt Scottsdale Lexus customers drive the finest vehicles in the world and have equally high expectations from their dealership. We invite you to visit Earnhardt Scottsdale Lexus and experience the pride that every Earnhardt Scottsdale Lexus associate takes to provide quality service to our clients. At Earnhardt Scottsdale Lexus, you'll find more than just a vehicle. You'll find people that know how to take care of a Lexus, but more importantly, people that know how to take care of you. Located at 6905 East McDowell Road in Scottsdale.
1: It doesn't take a genius to prepare for emergencies, just the smarts to know that you should. Write a family communication plan that includes an out of town contact. Build a kit with enough supplies to last at least three days. Be informed of local hazards and emergency plans. Inspire others by your preparedness example. Learn how at azein.gov. Sponsored by the Arizona Department of Emergency and Military Affairs in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station.
0: Have you been looking for information on your next home improvement project? Maybe you've been seeking the right contractor for your remodeling work. Don't know which way to turn? Image Home Improvement Live has all those answers and more. You can always catch us doing great work and sharing the best in home improvement information. Remember, Image Home Improvement Live, Sunday mornings, 5 to 6 a.m. on AM 960, The Patriot. Your answer to all your home improvement needs in the digital age. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED.
1: I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot, uh, hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I don't want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview.
0: I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America.
1: If you're looking for the latest videos, audio, and articles from the top political minds from around the country, like Jonah Goldberg, Thomas Sowell, Michelle Malkin, and many more, then The Patriot has you covered. Just log on to 960thepatriot.com today.
3: Check out the Seth Leibson Show podcast page at 960thepatriot.com, where you can replay every minute of every show. The Seth Leibson Show, where it's principles, not politics. Weekdays from 9 to 11 p.m. on Intelligent Talk 960 The Patriot. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 960, the Patriot Intelligent Talk. My name's Gary Green. And once again, I'm here with my partner, Dana Southern, and we are Your Car Insiders. You know, when Dana was talking about the sell from stock, you know, I could remember being a new car sales manager in dealership, and it would make me crazy that I would, salesman would be working a car deal, and I'd say, well, where did you find that car? Because I could tell from the stock number where the car was. Well, it was in the storage lot in the back. So in other words, you went through the whole front lot, everything up front, and you picked one out of the storage lot. Yep. Well, why? Because they saw that one. So said, well, they can't see it if the gate's locked. And you do realize that we have three others exactly like it on the front lot. So I would go out and I would talk to the people and say, hey, other than the VIN number, would you mind if I showed you this vehicle? Because it's identical to the car that you just saw in the back. However, based on the fact that it was invoiced five months ago compared to the car that's here today, it's got a lower price. Very few people will buy something, will not buy something for less money if it's exactly the same. Now, Dana brought up a great point during the break that we were talking about something, and it's it's very true. I've helped people buy cars, and there's not a vehicle out there that's available exactly the way they want it. And whenever that happens, I'll always go to the customer and say, hey, I know you wanted this, and it's not out there. If he knocked a couple of hundred bucks off or gave you a few hundred bucks more for your trade, is there a color you would concede to now but that's not our premise our premise is to find you the car now Dana's going to talk about a deal that he did which I think was you know it doesn't get any better than that she not only got a great deal but she got the exact car that she wanted and I can promise you this if she wasn't with Dana and wasn't at the dealership that she was at The salesman, the sales manager, the general sales manager would have done everything in their power to try to get this woman to buy a car from their inventory.
4: And in that sell from stock, for for me, I, I want the client to get exactly what they want if it's available. And I know Gary feels the exact same way. If one doesn't exist, one doesn't exist. Well, in this... A few days ago, I on Sunday, in fact, I got a call from a friend, and he said he had a lady friend who was looking for a vehicle, and she had a very strict budget, and ultimately, after talking with him a little bit, I th- figured out what would be the best approach for her. So with that said, we went and drove a few different brands of vehicles together, and she ended up picking uh, a Toyota RAV4. And when she picked the Toyota RAV4, she from the very first moment we spoke, she wanted a white vehicle, and she wanted a black interior. When we arrived at the Toyota dealership, I actually got there before her. I spoke to their inventory manager, and he shared with me that not only did they not have one at the time, but the next two that, that were inbound coming to the dealership were already pre-sold. So for the purpose of seeing if she liked it, of course, we drove a different color. When we came back from driving it, she really liked the vehicle. And then I had my friend JJ do a a locate to see if anybody else might have a white with black interior as opposed to, you know, a different color that she didn't prefer. And when he ran the locate, he found initially two whites in the valley with gray interior, but not black interior. And then finally, fortunately, he found a dealership that showed to have a white with black. And so he, he never even suggested, thought about, or tried to talk about doing anything other than getting her exactly what she wanted. And ultimately, of course, within about an hour or so, the white one with a black interior who was at the dealership being reinspected for delivery. So when a dealership tries to switch you to something that you're going to have for many, many years, or even if it's a three-year lease, ultimately, why would you settle for something that isn't what you prefer even if it was for a few hundred bucks, what what possible benefit could it be? Because every time you saw it, you'd be thinking, hmm, why'd I get this? So, again, sell from stock, set plan for dealership. The next thing, of course, is they want you to test drive the car. And ultimately, in order to make a good decision, I, I think it's mandatory that a person test drive a car you know, they've used a saying in the car business from the beginning of when I started back in 85. And that saying was, you wouldn't buy a pair of shoes without trying them on. How could you possibly buy a car without trying it? And I agree with that logic. You have to not just drive it, but you actually should drive it at least 15, 20, 25 minutes, at least the the rule should be almost a dollar for every thousand of the sticker price at least a minute test drive. You want to be on different kinds of surfaces. You want to be on freeway. You want to be on regular roads. You want to try the turning radius. You have to see what your visibility is like. It's an important thing to do, and it's something that is, again, fifth step. Once that's been completed, now it's just a question of if if you like the vehicle maybe picking the exact car or the particular color or the particular features. And that's when the transition comes to where the salesperson goes from the show-and-tell portion of the presentation to, you know, kind of turning the hat around and starting the negotiation part of the process.
3: You know, here we are Saturday morning, you know, on the radio, and we're talking, we're, we're at about 45 minutes, and we're on step five. When's the last time it took you longer than 45 minutes to help somebody buy a car?
4: Well, in the case of having to wait for the trade, right. but, but normally, it does not take now, longer. Sometimes in finance, it can push you back a little bit, but almost never. Right.
3: The point that I'm trying to make is what we, what we try to do each week is help you buy a car. Okay, we're not a shopping service, we're not a buying service, we're a helping service. Okay, we eliminate the 12 steps. Now, we could probably spend the next 12 weeks, spend a whole hour as to how each step works. Now, there's two things in the car business that I've never been a fan of. Okay, one of them was a broker, and one of them was a third baseman. And what happens sometimes when Dana and I will go to a car dealership with a client, the dealership that doesn't know us will use the term broker and i take offense to it me too okay the other thing is a third baseman is someone that does not not know anything about the car business but he's there to make sure you get a great deal now what i used to laugh about is when that person that third baseman says i used to be a car salesman i sold cars for 6 weeks well If you sold cars for six weeks, you know, as Dana would say, poppycock about the car business. But the point that I'm trying to make is that we are here to help you. We don't charge anything up front. We don't charge anything until you buy a car. Now, I had a really nice young man call me this week about buying a vehicle, radio show listener, and I'm sure he's listening to the show, and he asked me about a specific vehicle. And I told him that you have to understand one thing. On that vehicle, I will ask Dana to help you, and it's not about the car. It's about the relationship. I know Dana knows the gentleman that owns the dealership. I don't know anybody there, but I also told him, I don't think it's the right car for you. I said, to buy a 10-year-old Mercedes that's an AMG vehicle and you're financing the car – a, you're not going to get the best rate in terms, and B, you're buying a car that has probably a list longer than my arm of things that could break that are over 2500 bucks to fix. And he said to me, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And then he called back and said, I appreciate what you said on the on the Mercedes. I'm thinking about a Jaguar. <laughs> and I kind of fired in the frying pan. Right, so I kind of said to him after talking to him for a little bit, was that, Chris, here's what you got to understand. All these cars that you're looking at, I need to ask you a question. And we hadn't gone over the finance part yet. So I asked him, based on what he does for a living, I know you understand math and numbers because he left his office number, and I called his office number, and his, when he answer, his voicemail said what he did, and it had to do with money. You have to understand when you buy a 2009 car or a 2005 car, and then he brought up Corvettes, but his price point on a Corvette was probably going to be a 2003, a 2004, a 2005 with miles on it. The point that I'm trying to make is I explained to this young man is I don't need nor do I want your $400 to help you buy a car that doesn't make the most sense for you. So it's not like buying a mortgage, a house, When you buy a house, your mortgage is really based on one thing. It's not based on how old the house is. It's not based on how many square feet the home is. It's based on how much money you're putting down for a percentage loan ratio and what your credit is. Now, a car, not only does the bank lend money on you, your criteria, it lends money on the vehicle. So when's the last time you helped somebody buy a car that got a great loan on a 2007 when you could have got them a loan on a 2013 or 14 when the loan on the 13 or 14 was better? It's always better. The newer the car, the terms are better. There's also lenders that when you go to certain older vehicles, they will not lend money on the car. The the whole point of this is it's – I
4: I, I think you brought up a beautiful thing when you talked about the the mortgage idea. If you were a person that were going to go out to buy a home, I I think – and I I may miss some of these things, but I I think you'd get a a realtor. I think so. And then you'd eventually pick a home. And then if you picked a home, you'd probably have to get someone to appraise it for, for the lender and then you'd have to, of course, get a title company involved to make sure the title documents are as they should be. And then, of course, there's the mortgage lender who facilitates you know, the finalization of the transaction. We wear all those hats now, when it comes to a car deal.
3: Now, here's a funny thing. Now, I've never thought of this, and you just hit a nerve, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this. Sometimes, in my feeling, the worst Worst part of the car deal is that the bank that's lending you the money will allow you to borrow too much money against a vehicle because of your great credit.
4: Very, it, It's 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 horrible, but it's okay. true. In now fact, when,
3: when's the last time you saw that same bank lend somebody money on a house that didn't appraise for
4: the full amount?
3: The mortgage. Never. So here's different guidelines— From the same lending institution. And I was talking to a guy last night, and it was scary. You know, he told me what the payment was, and I told him what she was paying for the car, and I told him what they were giving for a trade based on the payoff, and I was within two bucks a month. And he was cracking up laughing. And I said to him, I won't help her do that. She's $7,000 upside down. She's buying a 2014 car with 60,000 miles on it, financing it for 72 months, putting no money down, and she's now financing $27,000 on a car that's probably worth sixteen grand.
4: Well, I don't know if we had a, a, like a deja vu, but I, I had a referral, and I haven't had a chance to, to get back to her yet, but we well, we spoke. And she sent me some information, but the car she currently has, I believe she owes around twenty nine thousand on based on the contract, and ultimately, the car's probably a fifteen or sixteen thousand dollar car how do, How does it help someone to carry all that negative equity into a new loan and and how could they possibly have that be wise? she's going to need to pay down that loan and put herself in a better position.
3: Once again, Gary Green, 602-525-1370. You can reach Dana at 602-679-8324, Gary. Yep. I, I'm going to remember that 8324, and here's what it is, folks. We are your car insiders. We work for you, not the dealer. There is no other service like us. Your car insiders like us on Facebook, go to our website. The podcast you can find them on 960 The Patriot under the Saturday schedule.
1: This was a paid program and was provided for informational purposes only.
6: You know, I'm not a genius about money, I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them.